Welcome to Tanks Up, the podcast all about video games and craft beer. I'm Ben, and I'm here with Lucy. Hello. Hello, Lucy. Hello. We are joined by a guest. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Lucy it's missed like a couple weeks in a row. Nothing. Welcome back, Lucy. We're so happy for a return. I missed a week. You know what I'm referring to guest. That's my Ben impression. Spot Thanks. on. It's, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good, I have to say. Nice. How are you, dude? I'm good. I got my hair cut in Canada. It's good. Yeah. Nice. Looking fresh. Looks. Yeah, looks swish. Thanks. Swish. It's been a while since I've not had long curly hair. But, uh, it really took a load off. Same with Ben. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yes, yes. Maybe on my chin, but yes. not not really. Yeah, you know, my chest, but not really elsewhere. Um, should we drink some beers? Yeah. Yes, Hooray. Hooray! Right. Um, Ado, you've just come back from Canada. Never. But it was a short trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, previously, on your previous trip to Canada, you brought us all a gift back. I did. I was in Newfoundland, a.k.a. The Rock, um, because it is an island off the coast that is a province. Um, and uh, it's so far north and in the Atlantic that um, we, we drove to the tip, and uh, at, it was icebreak season, and so you literally off the, you leave a village, about a, a small town, on a boat, and then you go and you visit icebergs that are just in the area, which is kind of crazy. That's the icebergs like first hand, which is really cool. Mm. But also, uh, people have been making uh, a a little cottage industry about going to the icebergs and harvesting the water for various um, purposes. Some just sell it as um, bottled water. But um, Kitty Vinny Brewery, the main brewery of Newfoundland, um, comes out with a limited edition iceberg beer from the harvested water. So I brought each of us a bottle. Uh, it's made with pure 20,000-year-old iceberg water. It is a lager at 4.5%. I think, yeah. And it is yep. the purest water you can basically get on the planet. It's been water, it's been ice for, like I said, um, 20,000 years. So that's, <laughs> for those of you counting, that's 10 Jesuses ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's in a really nice. The bottle's blue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's in a really yeah. nice bottle, like clean label, nothing on the back, just on there on the front, white label, just says iceberg, big blue yeah. letters. Yeah. Really and now, nice. have you, um, you guys have never had anything from Kitty Video? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think we've brought anything really back from these guys before. Uh, they 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 do standard beers. They're like the main brewery in the province, but they they're not really a microbrewery. They're just a small brewery. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. So most bars have kitty bitty. I'll be keeping the there. bottle cap as a souvenir. Oh, I already mangled what? mine with my bottle opener. Yeah, I'll make sure I get a nice, good bottle opener so it doesn't mm-hmm. ruin. Uh, it is trading it in for Fallout Five. Very bubbly. Head wasn't much, yeah. but it, it really does look like 
clear bubbly apple juice almost. Yeah, it does. It yeah, a bit like, yeah. Like sparkling wine when you first pour it in the glass. Yeah, it's so clear. It's it's that. I mean, one of the things that was is interesting, of course, is we say water has such an effect on on the drink. So oh god, yeah. Mm. Um, so this is the purest water you can really find. Um, mm. and straight off the bat, you can tell that water quality is so soft. Yeah, mm. very much. Yeah, it's really kind of it's it's very crisp. Yeah, yeah it's crisp and clean. I think are, are really good. Definitely, yeah. Just... And it's like you don't have. I mean, a lot of lagers, like you know, massively produced lagers, you get that such that harsh taste. Whereas this mm. one, it's. I don't want to say it's almost non-existent. It's just like the harshness is almost non-existent and just when it sits on your palate like the la- the lager flavors are still there yeah but it's just so clean mm-hmm. it, it, I was hesitant because I my brain wanted to say muted but that's not quite it what it is it's not in your face it's mm. subtle so really somewhere subtle. between muted and delicate I guess mm. yeah delicate yeah, too, yeah. Mm-hmm. completely and you get those that slight kind of multi sweetness mm. yes. from it as well uh, that, that, that lasts just a little I mean it is so delicate that it, it, it's it's not that it's kind of hardly there uh, but it, it's kind of you know, as you're savouring it and as it sort of sits in your mouth that maltiness stays with you that kind of yeah. that slight fizziness sticks around a little it bit um, kind of on the tongue at the back of your mouth but it, it it's not it's not super wet but it's not dry at all mm. Uh, it's quite down it, it kind of just it, it's just very it's very pleasant yeah it's it very is. easy as well yeah and that it's, fizz um, that you were talking about the carbonation's still going and yeah that oh absolutely yeah, yeah represents on on your palate on in the aftertaste it, that that maltiness and that sort of refreshing crispness kind of give it a bit of a slight like apple pear sort of yeah mm. slightly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, sort of reminds me of like a really clear cider, just like the the initial taste of a clear clean, clear cider. Hmm. That sort of yeah, which I agree. Yeah, I haven't had in a long time besides zombie ciders. So like, <laughs> but but so I don't know how how strong that reminder is, or rather how accurate it is. But it's a uh, yeah, I think it doesn't taste much. Of, beer in the sense that it's all it's it's very laid back yeah this is something that you'd give to a non-beer drinker and it's like have a taste of this yeah yeah mm. i think that's possibly what they were going for given that like people might grab it to be like i've never had a beer made out of iceberg water rather <laughs> than you know i think that's why they chose such a standard beer recipe to go with the yeah. water so that why, like one, just the clarity of the water to be seen, but also it just wouldn't be, mm-hmm. it wouldn't yeah. be to almost anyone's taste. And it's more than, much more than a novelty, it's a really good taste in beer at the end of the day, so I'd definitely drink that, especially like in the summer. Oh, so yeah. If, you know, you'd be happy for one or two of those. Definitely, I keep going back to it as well. Yeah, me too. I, I've already, <laughs> I've, I think I've already drank half of it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the other thing, it's super easy. Yeah, even yeah, though it's it is. you know got that tons of carbonation, it's it's not gassy in any way. No, it's just easy, 
easy drink. Yeah, it's much closer to effervescent if you forget the mm. purpose term. No, <laughs> you're absolutely Because like at the, the very end um, of the main taste, it does give you a bit of like, there is that fizziness before before the finish really kicks in. Mm. It gives you sort of a little bit of a fizzy bite, if you will. But yeah, that's nice. Yes, pretty, thanks, pretty, pretty thanks for bringing it back over. It's really good. Oh, no problem. Mm. Yeah, it is. It I'll is keeping the bottle. Yeah, as a, uh, it, it's, yeah it's also very picturesque. picturesque yeah, bottle. deep sort of oceany blue. Mm. And I've never, I don't think I've ever had a beer in, that comes from a blue bottle. I think this is my first as well. Well, it's yeah. not. I mean, I've had, I had <laughs> several when I was in Newfoundland, but mm. but yeah, this is the first type of beer I've had. Uh, in I'm trying to um, because like usually don't put beer in a clear or a like green bottle because it can get like a bit skunky so i wonder if blue is the same yeah i suspect i mean it's a little darker than the yeah. greens but it's still much more see-through than the browns who knows maybe i don't have any idea about science maybe blue and brown <laughs> no science fine. at all <laughs> yeah no science at all yeah. well is... i mean having said that isn't it the uv yeah, that's what I was yes, thinking. Yeah, yeah, it is. So this is closer to that end of the spectrum. Browns are not in in the rainbow. Yeah, that's true. But I think that's because <laughs> the browns just reflecting most things. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that but was yeah, I don't know black. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Scientists, oh, we uh, don't correct us, please. Yes, please send us messages and tell us <laughs> what we're things. talking about, <laughs> yeah. please. That'd be good. That'd be good. Uh, should we talk about some games? Yeah. Sure. Mm. Um, why don't we kick off with a game that all of us have played? Have we? And mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Donut County. Oh, we've all played it, have we? We have. Ah, wonderful. I put the work in before the podcast. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well done. Smashed sir. it back yeah, just before. Proper. Just before. Yeah. Um, so Donut County uh, uh, released the start of this week, Tuesday, I think, maybe Tuesday, twenty eighth of yeah. August. Yep, on PS4, Steam, and mobile. Look, yes. I didn't realize it was on mobile. Yeah. Well, it's it's not on. Uh, it's not on Android. Oh, it's just on oh, Android. Oh, is it not? Mobile. Oh, that's a shame. No, no, I searched mm. for it earlier. So uh, did, before we get into play? it, you played it on PS4, Ben. I did. Yep. did you play I played Steam? it on Steam. And I played it on iOS. So, you know, trifecta. We can tell yeah. you about this all is the... us reviewing things on purpose. Everything. Yeah. On all platforms. <laughs> because we are that dedicated. Sync. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. We're mm. diligent. I think that's the word we're looking for. Diligent game players. Dilettantes. Debutantes? No. Um, so, Donut County. Um, it's a. A very short game, very little game from uh, Ben Esposito, yeah. and uh, you know a, a few other people have worked on this as well, whose names have gone from my mind. Hmm. Uh, but kind of like the the, the course concept, um, and the idea, and the game design and stuff is is his, uh, and it is. It's a very odd. I was trying to think of this earlier. It's a very odd game to describe. I mean, I can tell you what you do in the game. It's but to it's kind the of first Katamari like Damacy. Yeah, but, it's, it's a puzzle yes, game. Yes, yes, it That's is a puzzle game, yeah. but it's but the the puzzle elements are actually like super light. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, you you, um, 
it, it's it kind of almost invokes a much more not a not a walking simulator, but at least like a narrative experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, yes. you're you're playing through this story. Uh, there are there are certain levels, and you essentially have to absorb everything into a hole. Uh, Which the hole gets, gets bigger. bigger. Yeah. Yep. This, this conversation is going to be hilarious. I understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've got to put your thing in the hole. Or you want to put all of it. You want to cram all of the things in the hole. Yeah. And if you're going for a speed run, you want to make sure it's just wide enough to take whatever you need to get in. Mm. And you do it super fast. Yeah. And yeah. the more time goes on, the hole gets bigger. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we've got this out of the way. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so uh, this is where I was sort of uh, uh, thinking about kind of how to describe it. Yes, it's got puzzle elements, but it's also got this kind of like narrative experience elements to it. Uh, you're, you're you're being told this story of these characters and kind of what the holes are, why everything is being absorbed into them, uh, and essentially it kind of is a little bit meta as well um, in terms of uh, you know the characters kind of like playing a game and, and stuff like this as well. Um, I it's what is it maybe an hour and a half two hours long yeah something like that there, yeah. hmm. uh, Actually, I, th- I, I just finished it I'm gonna open yeah. up my Steam and see what my playtime is yeah that's a good idea it took me about uh, two hours um, yeah but yeah as you were saying Ben it's it, it's very odd it's very relaxing it's quirky yes it's um it definitely it, is one it, of those time passing yeah versus complexity games yeah it, as you said uh, deal it's like Katamari. It's um, very simplistic in its idea. It's got one, you mm-hmm. know, central conceit. Whereas you're a hole and you have to drag things into it, and it starts incorporating little different mechanics, but nothing yeah. extensive um, over the course of the game. But in, st- in terms of its style, its presentation, the music, it's it's very well done. You can see that it's a labor of love. I think. It, I mean, oh. I think he spent like five years maybe making Jeez, it. Really? Yeah, it was a while, and it's because I heard about this game like at least at least two years ago, and I was like, oh wow. yeah, this looks cool. And I think it's been at trade shows for at least two years um, over yeah. in the west. But it, it's it's very much a because I played it on mobile. It's very much a mobile game for me because it's got a very tactile like kind of um, mechanic you can drag the hole around um, just using your finger and that's, and that's all it is it's just there's no so, other inputs there's no other complexity to it but in terms of its presentation and um, everything like that it, it feels very premium in that way so don't let me say it's a mobile game put you off stop stop you there just because i think this is important given that we played it in such different ways Hmm. so you you mean the levels literally you're on the 2d plane of the level and there's things that might be stacked or whatever and buildings and stuff and so it's very much like katamari where you just swallow the small things first until you get a big enough those smaller or medium things and like there's good physics for like in order to swallow a wood plank you need to have more than half of the, your diameter mm. needs to be more than half so that it'll tilt in and stuff like that. But with the, I'm just curious, with the finger dragging, I'm mm-hmm. assuming when the hole got large enough, where your finger touched was basically the the center point? No, no, it's um, it's got like offset controls. So, because I thought, when I started that, I was like, oh, this is going to be a problem. But then I realized you can tap anywhere on the screen and the hole will move in that follow direction. your finger. Yeah, it will follow your finger. You, you, your finger never has to be over the hole. So, 
you can still okay. get the entire picture, which it, which is really good because at, at the start I was like, "Oh, this isn't going to be good." Yeah, how do I have to see? Yeah, they, and then, they factored that in. So for the PS4, nice. I'm assuming you also you have a dock that you move around and it chases, or uh, no, you move the hole directly. Oh, you, yeah. you with the joystick. I guess you don't worry about your finger in the way. So so the PC versions, um, I is closer to the mobile in the sense that. My mouse cursor is a white dot mm-hmm. with a black outline, and wherever I hover it, the hole will get to. So the beginning of the level, the hole sort of spawns wherever and then starts chasing the white dot, and then you can start moving it around. Oh, okay. But yeah. I think yeah. because the mouse can just outpace the movement of the hole, it's quite easy to scroll quickly to an object and then wait for it to catch up rather than directly moving the hole. Okay. Sounds similar to the mobile experience. Yeah, it does, and it sounds good that they've kind of tailored that experience to each platform as well. You know, we haven't got a generic control scheme. Yeah. Uh, to try and sort of play through, you know, with Lucy's on, on, or at least on mobile, it didn't give you a little joystick in the bottom left corner no. to have to keep your thumb oh God, down there to play with. And, uh, you know, yeah. but some games, some games do oh, that. Yeah, so I hate mobile games a lot of the time. <laughs> I think I think a lot of games nowadays have gotten much better about that. Where um, a game that I'll probably talk about in the coming weeks um, called Fractor, which you've got a code for as well, mm. Ben, um, it gives you three con- different um, control options. So like offset offset joystick, um, fixed joystick, and uh, like tapping. Tapping, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they're a bit better about that. But yeah, um, Donut County it feels really good to play. Um, you want to talk about the story? <laughs> uh, we can do. I was gonna. You you kind of mentioned on um, like the the main point that I want wanted to make, um, mm. saying kind of the 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 aesthetic, um, the story, kind of like the humour to it, and the music. Like, it's an overall package. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, it it's kind of obviously um, the 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 main developer has had other inputs from people and. You know, use people's expertise. So someone else has done most of the music, and he's had input mm, right. in doing some of the music. Uh, so it kind of it, it still feels like it's come from almost like one mind, but just yeah. had maybe like inputs and things from people, yeah. which as an overall package works very well. Mm-hmm. You're kind of getting uh, his vision, exactly what he wanted yes. to kind of do with this game, which is at times just a little bit insane. Yeah, it's uh, in a in a in a great way, <laughs> in, a, a, in a fantastic it's way. It's one creative vision, but it's a crazy one, sort of yeah. like every Metal Gear game. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that is better. The, the, I mean, the, the story essentially revolves around uh, Mira the human and BK the raccoon. Yeah, there's raccoons. Um, and the ra- yeah, BK the raccoon is the one who you are ostensibly playing as when you play as the whole. Um, and I like the the way the narrative sort of inverts, jumps out a little bit through time. Uh, yeah. Like as soon as you pass the first level, you find out everyone is trapped in the center of the earth or deep in a hole, and then everyone, each of the characters that are there, sort of recounts what they were doing at the time, why, why they ordered a donut and got a hole that swallowed them up. <laughs> I think that I think that's safe to say, given that you learn all that within. Uh, one of the missions yeah within the first like two minutes of the game yeah, yeah. um so uh and i think that uh at one uh my steam play time was 110 minutes so pretty much okay. that yeah. two hour ish yeah one and a half to two hours uh and um i think if the story wasn't there 
Hmm. There are parts of the game I might have, especially if I was on the phone, just walked away from because okay. um, while there are, there are some mechanical changes that come up, I feel like they didn't do enough to change the gameplay and like when the, the main extra mechanic you get halfway through, I felt there were a couple levels where you had to use it and then a lot of the time it just wasn't there and it didn't really mm. yeah. it didn't really tell you like not everything you swallow can suddenly be used by that mechanic. So it was only like, oh now like you just had to pay attention to like the inside of the hole changing to mm. show that device yeah. and then you're like, Oh, I guess I have to use that thing which I think yeah. would have been much better if it was like the last thing you grabbed would be yeah. sort of locked and loaded and you had to figure that out but not enough of the puzzles I felt really needed it and yeah. this is this is why I question the kind of the like uh, the, with it being kind of first and foremost say like a puzzle game rather than this kind of narrative experience instead uh, because the puzzles they're not Hard. they're not difficult uh, you don't really need to think about them. It, it leads you through the sort of like the level quite well and quite easily. And there's there's a few times when you have to think when maybe you have to light something on fire and then swallow that and use it. Yeah. Uh, and a few different bits like that where you have to shoot some water back out of it or, you know, something around that. that that's kind of that doesn't actually take you that long to, to figure out how to do it. Uh, to, to figure out the puzzle and absorb or swallow everything that you need to, mm-hmm. um, but I think the as a as a as a whole piece of work, I, I just had a smile <laughs> on my face for the a smile on my face for the entire time. Uh, I it's kind of there's no uh, there's no voice acting or anything like that, so you're constantly kind of switching between looking at the characters and, and kind of what they're saying when they're in the kind of um, the, the scene elements. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that put me off at all. Um, no, I think that's what carried me through. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah. it added, yeah, it added to it the kind of the charm and the kind of like the, almost the, the, the cuteness that the kind of the relationships between all of these characters kind of have and how well that's conveyed through the text rather than, say, through voice acting and stuff, so and through the writing. Yeah, um, yeah I, 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 I agree, but, yeah. I mean, like, j- just as you were saying, Adil, like, the puzzles didn't add much layer of complexity on them, um, but I think just guiding you through was the story. I think there's always a case for, like, oh, yeah, you maybe you should have expanded this concept um, a bit more, but, you know, you have things like budget and stuff like that, but I think oh, yeah. where the story ended up, um, you didn't feel too disheartened that... Um, that's where it ended uh, because it's mm. obviously a clear start and end to a narrative. So, if it was just like, as you say, just a puzzle game and it ended where it did without anything, you know, sandwiching it and you know, anything in between, then yeah, it would have been slightly underwhelming. But um, considering the, the story and I, I thought it was quite charming. Um, some of the Boy. some of the like because. At, at points they like uh, engaging conversation via text message, and oh, yeah. um, I think it yeah it was it was charming. I, it doesn't do it as well as some other games. Like I was thinking, like Night in the Woods, it's sort of got a similar style. It's like I, I much yes, prefer yeah. the um, the execution in that game, but it was still you know charming nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I, I have to ask if any of you um, hit a point where you could not progress on a level. 
No, I, I no. Got I had that happen to me. <laughs> well, it I was harder than you. <laughs> no, no, I had to restart a level because I couldn't do anything. Huh. There's a, oh, there's really? a point <laughs> in one of the levels uh, where you have to... Um, I mean, slight spoilers, There's the device we were alluding to earlier was the catapult. Hmm. You can shoot things out of the, the pit. And at one point, you have to shoot a thing at a machine to get other things. And then, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know how non-spoiler. I mean, the water well, balloon. Ben remembers, segment. and I just can't. And he's just the water balloon there. segment. Oh yeah, you get the water yeah. balloons. You have to shoot the fish. Yes, I, <coughs> I, I, I was just fucking about, and the fish landed so close to the front of the level that I could no longer swallow it. All right, because I so then I, I, I couldn't like, trigger uh, to hmm. get the next set of water balloons to finish hmm. that part of the level. I was just stuck because the fish wasn't gettable, and I had nothing to do. It's the PC build. Mm. They, they don't care. They just throw it on there, you know. <laughs> um, PS4 but, uh, has to go through. And I was like, everything. "Am I missing something?" So That's I spent it. a few minutes being like roving the the hole around me. Like, no, I literally can't do anything. And then I restarted, and I, I left, and it's like, your progress has been saved. I'm like, oh god, I hope it doesn't have direct save state. Oh, shit, oh no. <laughs> uh, but it, but it, re it took me straight back to the, the the narrative content before the level. That's good. Okay. Um, because, so yeah. it, was, like, it, it was good, but it, it did give me a bit of a panic when I was, when I was like, quit. They're like, your progress will be saved automatically. Yeah. It's like, ah. But yeah, so, I mean, that was... The, I, I was kind of shocked by it, because the game is so... It's very clearly, polished, yeah. Clearly made and polished, that, yeah. That's my I, fear all the time with like physics-based games. That it's like you always think that you're gonna like do something and it's just gonna be, fuck everything up. Yeah, mess everything up and you can't change it after that. But I sort of thought this one like um, responded really well to the physics because sometimes like yeah. you know I'd get half of something in the hole and like wiggle it about, but it then flew out. Yeah, I um, really liked that. Um, but it's like it didn't land outside of the area like the fish did, um, not in my experience. And I thought, yeah, I, I thought it was that's that's strange because it worked fine for me. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a PC build, mate. It's no, like I was just saying, I think Arkham it literally the odds were quite quite low that you shot the fish randomly in the air just to see it fly and then have it land in it just just next to a hedge. <laughs> did you? See and like the hedge? hole stops. Right. seven yeah. pixels before the hedge and you're like, I can't move this fish. You can move this fish. Um, <laughs> Just but I, staring I do... for ages. Yeah. Moving your hole towards the fish. Yeah. Ain't that good. <laughs> um, so, but I do agree with Ben's initial description that it, it, it is more narrative than puzzle game and that's what's mm. reason I was hunting for. And I think that's why it works so well. And I think um, yeah. I kind of wish I had played it on mobile just because uh, it's much easier to start and stop a game of this type and like play levels of, uh, as yeah. you go. And, and because the levels always start with a bit of narrative exposition, you're sort of reminded why you care about these the simple swallowing game. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I played it on an iPad Air. Um, she's good. Oh, fancy. Old or something. Yes, yeah, fancy. Um, she's a good three or four years old at this point, but it, it ran smoothly. It was fine. I, th I think it was just like little bit of a pause in between like the cutscene just before you go into the level but that's literally it right it, it okay. ran really smoothly so nice nice mm. um as my kind of like my final thought um it reminded me a little bit like the overall package reminded me a little bit of um, florence yeah in that 
it's uh, you know it gives you those those very very kind of slight things to do that, that you know we're calling it a puzzle but it's ultimately just something to do to kind of build on the humor a little bit to expand the narrative to kind of get these characters down there to progress the story and stuff mm -hmm. uh, but also in that it didn't outstay its welcome at all yeah. uh, when we spoke previously about Florence uh, we noticed maybe towards the end of the game that they'd repeated a mechanic but used it in a slightly different way and that you know if Florence had been maybe even 10 minutes more and they've had to have gone back to more mechanics or even tried to throw something else in it may have outstayed its welcome just a little yeah. bit but, but exactly the same with Donut Counter you know there's there's not much in there at all to kind of change up what you're doing and it is that narrative that pushes you through yeah. uh, and i think it kind of it finished uh, uh, the right point really yeah yeah and um speaking of the narrative it does have a subtext to it a, a bigger meaning to it which yes. i would have completely glossed over if i mm. didn't know but that's just because i'm an idiot but um <laughs> I, I really liked the um what is it called the trashopedia where yeah. everything you've collected, um, obviously they have the assets in there. They just decided to put it in a nice little encyclopedia and just give like funny little like comments underneath what they are. Like, um, let me just read one. Okay, uh, science clipboard. Scientists may look like they're taking notes, but they're really just drawing cool skulls. Mm. Just, just rubbish <laughs> like that. And it's just like. Someone went through and named probably about a hundred of these things, just for no reason at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah, they gave me a good chuckle. So the, the yeah, game is in like comedic. Yeah, that really mm. helps this type of thing. Yeah, yeah. There's also the rank system, which I didn't quite understand. As it was really um, rest of upper rank. It was to get Sorry? a new device, BK. Because at the start mm. of the game, he's talking about, I don't know, yeah, loot boxes. The isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I only got to rank ten. That you're only meant to get. That's to that. that's just, it. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's just a narrative device. Mm. Yeah, but 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 yeah. I'm curious because I, I mean I didn't buy like the energy drink, but I had enough money to. Um, yeah, I did. Curious I did. I bought, I bought the energy drink. I don't know what it is. Yeah. What did it do it? You didn't notice. Anything? I don't think you did anything. Mm. Just spent the extra money you had. Mm. That's what I thought. That's why I didn't. Sort of a protest. Yeah. I wonder if there's an, an achievement for not buying it or something. Or, or, you know, oh, something. I, I knew I it. I I'm anything. so sad. Mm. There's an achievement on Steam called Quack Enthusiast. Quack a hundred times. And I knew yeah. there would be one, but I didn't right. do it. Oh, I like it when you when you quack in text message at someone, I think about eight or nine times, maybe ten, and they just then send one back and very slowly type. And send another one back. And yeah. then very slowly type and send another one back. And just waste about 10, 15 Which seconds is for you. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I would have probably spent a little more time. Like, I didn't really read much of the Trashpedia and stuff because I knew we were going to be talking about it. And I had just started it earlier today. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're, cool. they're cool. I'm just cycling through them there and hear them. I can't do that funny. because. I'm recording on the same device I played the game oh, on. Oh, yes. Uh, like this. Yes, ladder. mine's in a different room. Yeah, ladder. Walking under a ladder isn't just bad luck, it's embarrassing to the ladder. Huh. Yeah. yeah I don't know if I got any of the special <laughs> ones. I think I only got the plot ones. I think it's only plot ones. I think everything that you drag down into the hole. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I was thinking of the achievements yeah. for a second. Oh, right. 
Yeah, I, I don't even know if they still do achievements on um, iOS. Because they oh, used yeah, to once fair. upon a time. Um, also, there is an achievement stock up on Gamer Fuel, which clearly was what you guys did. Now I'm annoyed. Oh, <laughs> Never mind. Maybe um, I got that and I didn't realise, but um, yeah. So yeah I'm so assuming the achievements from the PS4 achievements are the same. Maybe. Yeah, that's, that's usually across the board. Like, Although, really Steam might have more achievements because there's no currency to them. Well, there seems to be a bit more of them on consoles. Uh, not in the UK, but yeah, there is currency on um, on trophies for PlayStation. Yeah, uh, in get the those US. Platinums. Yeah, this has a platinum. Yeah. Go get it. It people. does run out to the shops. I think it does. I'm yeah, sure it, does. Saw, yeah it does. I'm sure I saw it's it. one of those. It's one that I checked because I remember in the trailer the two raccoons are talking to each other and they say, yeah. "Does it have a platinum <laughs> trophy or whatever?" It says. I'm sure like, one of them. So I went the to toilet like... or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of raccoons sitting on toilets in this game, and it's great. Yeah, and I think that goes along with the meta commentary about um, uh, it being a, a, a cell phone game being part of the narrative. Yeah, Toilets. sorry, a mobile Everything's game. going down the drain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's Donut County. Mm. Uh, I've already cracked another beer. Oh my god, I'm thirsty. That that iceberg. Absolutely flew down. Yeah, yeah I saw. Um, so I have opened. Once you two prepare, uh, I've got a collaboration. It's Pressure Drop and Boxcar. This is the Hazy Coalition. It's a double dry hopped New England IPA. It's six point eight percent, and it says da, 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 mango, apricot, and pineapple on the tasting notes. It's got uh, Azaka, Eldorado, and Citra. And Citra is the double dry hopped at 20 grams per litre. Uh, it's fermented with a yeast blend of S04 and Windsor Ale. This beer is a micro collaboration of microorganisms and micro breweries, a coalition of haze. Uh, it is super hazy. Um, it's not uh, It's not quite the, you know, the orangey kind of... Um, Oh, yeah, not quite the orangey dark. tone yeah, that you get from a lot of kind of like juice bombs. It's maybe just a slight bit more yellow, a little bit sh- more straw uh, than a lot of juice bombs. But it is super hazy. Uh, a little bit ahead to it, and as soon as I cracked the um, the bottle, I got the you know the the tropical sort of fruits from it mm. instantly. Yeah. Um, which come across very nicely in the glass as well. Um, uh, who wants to go first, Lucy? Okay. <laughs> yeah, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, I've got a <laughs> brew by numbers beer. Um, it's the 1012, and it is a coffee porter, black beauty blend, six percent. Um, style coffee porter recipe, black beauty blend, blend by has been. Um, guessing has been maybe a like coffee chain. I don't know. Anyway. ABV, yeah, ABV 6%, uh, it's free for email bottle, roaster's notes, notes of fruitcake, brown sugar, and chocolate. Hmm. That's it. Uh, I'll crack this open, what have you got a deal? Uh, I've got the Wild Beer Sleeping Limes, limes, sea salt, and lager, with the lager in the Spanish upside down and right side up question marks, so I think mm. it's supposed to be, and lager? 
Um, it, it, what is it? A lager? They never know wild beer. It's like you all never know what you're going to get above. when you open them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all or none of the above. Put simply, it is the most refreshing beer we've ever brewed. It is 4.6%. Um, and that is all she... Oh, wait. Yep, that's all she wrote. It has gluten in it. Okay. Good to know. In other words, yes. it's not just a barley beer. But I thought I would. I, I grabbed this from the bottle shop today because I thought, well, I might as well keep the lager trend going. Yeah, I uh, first picked up an IPA out of the fridge, and I was like, you know what? It's getting a bit cold. Got my fleece on. Mm. I want. I want something nice, warm, and roasty, and toasty, and nice. Just smelling it. it smells divine. It smells, you know, chocolate, coffee. Oh. Yes, can't wait to talk into this, but I can't yet because it's got a very, Massive very head. large, foamy like a head. Third of a pint. Yeah, <laughs> it actually is. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> judging yeah, the markings the on the glass, it's yeah. pretty much a third of a pint. Yeah. Um, but, but it's beautiful looking. It's like I can wait because I know it's good. Um, yes. So on this one, the nose is you get that salt and that lime quite a lot. Like it, it reminds me of like. Uh, grabbing a Corona on the beach to, in some sort of Caribbean like, country. Um, I thought he was going to say, like, just having a tequila. Yeah, he definitely has that tequila <laughs> vibe as well. Um, it just has... This, the, the beer does come through a little bit, which is why I was thinking of, like, a Corona on the beach, but the salt yeah. does... Like, the sea salt is why I was thinking of the beach. Mm. Um, Good analogy. It's quite clear. It's not nearly as um, bubbly as our last one's Slightly, I'd say more straw and less clear. Like it's just not quite as clear as that uh, crazy iceberg water was. Yeah. Holy crap! That's got a limey, salty first for taste, and nice. part of the finish. Um, <laughs> that salt really gets straight to you, and then that lime does too. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I, I, there is there is like a beer taste somewhere buried, but again, because it's a light lager, mm. it's quite hard to find given the strong lime taste that's also supported by that salt. Yeah, yeah. The the style will just make those things like get oh, elevated this... in such a level that sounds a bit strange in your face. Um, it's not bad. It's definitely limey. Mm. Um. You notice the salt more on the finish, I think, because it, that's what sort of clouds the beer lager yeah. taste. Um, and then when when all that's finished, now that I haven't had a, had any of it for like 10, 15 seconds, mm. I have a little bit of a normal light lagery finish. Yeah. But so much of that like let lime is lingering that like unless I'm looking for it, I don't really feel much of an aftertaste. It is a little dry. Right. Which oh, helps me feel like it's yeah. Which helps me feel like it's sucking beer. it away. Um, <laughs> it does not taste very much like beer. Mm. Not, yeah. not, not not necessarily a bad way. Um. I mean, yeah. This if I was on a beach or on like a scorching day, this would be very refreshing. Uh, but in like. Almost, not quite the pardon the pun polar opposite of the iceberg beer, um, but um, in a totally different way. Like the iceberg beer is like a tight, 
clean, crisp, light lager. This first taste, like there's definitely lager things going on, but they're not overstated. And this is like, hey, you know what feels really good on a hot day at a beach? These things. Also, it's a beer. Yeah. Um, it, it is. I'm not surprised that this is a wild beer beer. Yeah. Because, I mean, one thing that they are never accused of is um, being understated on what they yeah. do. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. It's a salty, limey drink. Bit of a novelty, or would you go back for another one? Uh, I mean, if it was really hot and that was on offer, I might like be Mm. like, like, it's just not bad tasting, right? Like, some novelties are like, whoa. Uh, So I think on the novelty scale, it's perfectly drinkable. But again, as as I often lament when a beer doesn't really taste like a beer, the odds of me asking for it are quite low if it doesn't have a sufficiently thick beer taste at the core. Mm. And I think that's sort of where it sits, where it's like, yeah, if, if like, first of all, it's it's wild beer, so you're not getting it everywhere, so the odds of you getting it in the circumstance where I would want a salty, limey taste really low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless I bought, a, you know, a six-pack cool, and then bought yeah. four-pack probably, and then went to a beach having smuggled those because I'd have to fly out of this uh, for second country. Um, So yeah, it's definitely a niche beer. I mean, I think it might have fit well during that heat wave. Mm -hmm. I think if I was having this like a month ago, I'd be like, shit, yeah, this works. It's been a shitty hot day. I will find more of these for the next few Mm. shitty hot days. But those are outliers in the UK generally, depending on how much climate change is going to keep going. Yeah. Well, they're becoming more frequent. I mean, yeah. Not you know, it's not every other week, is it? But um, you know, we had a we had a decent patch of of sun where I think you know neither or at least I did, don't think I had a stout at all in oh. about two months, maybe maybe two and a half, three months, something like that. Uh, and as kind of as you you know picked Lucy to have something like that tonight. Uh, I also grabbed a stout last night as well. You know, the, the weather has turned. Mm. It's getting a little bit darker a little bit earlier. Um, so, you know, yeah, other beers are definitely September kind of tomorrow. pushing. Yeah, I know, I know. Other beers are, are starting to push back in, or other styles are starting to push back in as well. So I think, as you say, maybe if you'd have caught this a couple of months ago, it might have hit a little bit um, a little bit better, perhaps. Hmm. Yeah. Wild, uh, beer, wild beers are a bit too wild for me sometimes, so yeah. oh, you just never I mean, know what you're going to get. And so what I like about me off a bit. what I like about this wild beer is it's sort of exactly what it says on the can. It's a little more than you would expect, but it's not like super out there. It's not like it's yeah. smacking in the face with lime. It's just like lime is prevalent. The fact that they called it lime plus sea salt plus lager question mark actually really tells the story well because you like. Is we this don't know what this is. <laughs> We just throwed some... What, throwed? Threw some things in a van. <laughs> yeah. uh, now that you, your your head has subsided a little, how is that um, porter? It's good. It's um, it's not as dense or creamy as like a stout, which is nice because um, it's not quite winter yet. It's mm. still hanging on to the last bits of summer. But um, yeah, so it's not heavy at all. Uh, I think it was six percent, was it? 
Um, you, but you're still very much getting like the coffee, and it's really dark, like malts, and like the coffee is very smoky. It's you, you know, it's very not overpowered, but it's very in your face. So that like compensates for like the creaminess and den- density of like a stout, like a imperial stout or something like that. But otherwise, yeah, it's just like the last beer. You can tell that the water quality is really good as well. Very soft, very smooth. Um, yeah, it's a really good beer overall. I'm very happy I picked this one tonight. Awesome. Nice. Mm. Nice. Good choice. Um, I, I don't think I said anything about the taste of mine, um, but very, very quickly. Um, it, it's it's not as you would expect uh, for a beer of this aesthetic, let's say, uh, with mango, apricot and pineapple as their tasting notes. Um, there's no sweetness to it at all. It's it's very it's really hard to describe. It's not dull like the flavors are coming through. There's just just this kind of absence of of sweetness to it that you kind of you, that you get with a lot of like juice bombs. You know, there's no alcohol pushing through in there. What was it about six point eight percent? So it's not it's not a light beer, but it's you know I I kind of a New England IPA. Um, might be a bit of a stretch, mm. just a just a bit. Uh, it's definitely getting it's definitely getting there, but mm. uh, it, it's quite well balanced. It's very uh, muted, perhaps. Uh, it doesn't feel like the flavors are kind of popping out at all. Mm. Uh, they're all just sort of you know pleasantly kind of working together, uh, which is nice. Really, as I say, really well balanced, uh, but it's not a big beer. Yeah. Yeah, um, you've had quite a sorry. few of those like like that recently. I think last year was all about massive juice bombs, juicy, mm. like yeah. dense, thick, just like smoothie. I think they've uh, pulled back on that now, getting just yeah. as much flavour yeah, out like the hops, but not having it be too in your face, which is mm. good, which is cool. Yeah, it's like sometimes you just want that thick, juicy. Cloudwater monster, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, mm. yes. Sometimes you do. Um, should we stick with beer and have a very brief discussion uh, about something? That's... No, we we'll come back. We we'll okay. come back. <laughs> um, we have a very brief discussion uh, on something that's come up in in national news media, uh, and that is the price <sighs> of a pint. You calling that publication? Mm-hmm news well it's it's national there's some news in it wasn't it the uh, sun uh, yes <laughs> essentially the the sun right. uh, decided <laughs> that because um, there's some very expensive beer around they would take some of these and give them to you know just <laughs> just a scream in the background so yeah everything's well, okay probably not but it's fine <laughs> <laughs> it's a mouse. Um, they just give they just give these you know what they decided are expensive beers just to random people to have a taste, and most people didn't like what they had. Mm. Uh, I think they started their article off saying something about hipster brews or the, some absolute bollocks. I think the actual d- title was 
Uh, dear Beer, we put hipster brews to the test to see which are worth your hard-earned cash. We visited yeah. 10 London locals to buy 10 or more ludicrously priced beers, and drinkers give their verdict in a market of five yeah. gone. One was obviously... a baby, one was a pregnant woman, and one was a recovering alcoholic. Or all of them weren't craft brew drinkers and were in the local to have the local ale that they've known and loved for years. Possibly. Yeah. Also, five, a five-person study, especially when you're, you have a variance of beers across all five people, is that this is bad science. I'm sorry. Part of what it I do is, is study I... philosophy of science. The methodology is con- inherently flawed. Go fuck yourselves to the sun. Yes, you can not, quote me on only. that. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We will. That's going to be in the description. That's fine. Uh, kind of. Not only is it just a bit absurd and massively kind of sensationalist, as you would expect from something like the Sun, but as you say, it, it's kind of it's flawed in their methodology. And Tiny Rebel have uh, have released kind of like a blog post, um, basically giving some explanation, which is probably only going to be read by people like us who yeah. are already part of the the crowd, who understand this anyway. Uh, but they've written a blog post saying, you know, these are the reasons why some beers are more expensive than others. Uh, you know, you've taken an average price, and actually that average price is probably a little bit inflated for a lot of the beers that people are drinking in their local pub. Uh, so actually the average price is, is, you know, is wrong essentially. But they also go in on... Um, the example that was given, which was um, basically trying to um, put the stout, and I think it's, I can't remember who, who brews it, it's a stout from uh, America, which is like £22 a pint or something like that. What's the percentage? Uh, yeah, it's the, it's I think it was the 12, I think it was, Ailsmith Speedway Stout Hawaiian Special. Yes, yes. Um, so it's and they were not trying only to comp- from abroad, it's a 12% beer. It's a twelve percent beer. It's a special edition beer. It's um, there's lots of reasons why the price is kind of is is higher. But uh, the the article tried to um, put that against uh, Belvedere vodka, uh, which costs forty five pound a bottle, obviously in the supermarket. And you can go onto Tiny Rebel to look at their blog post as they rip apart the kind of the comparison, um, the per millimeter kind of uh, pricing the actual comparison itself, where you would be able to buy it for that price, how normal people would be able to get it and be able to pay for it. Uh, but they also write at the end, uh, and they very cleverly kind of title each part, and it's, um, yeah. when they talk about all this, they call it quick maths. maths. Yeah. Um, uh, but essentially, in conclusion, or in their conclusion, um, they've the Sun have kind of like shot themselves in the foot, and they've said, look, your maths is your your comparison is wrong, and actually the beer is still cheaper in every way you want to measure it than the vodka is. Yeah. So you've 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 kind of just you know you've you, your your methodology, your maths, everything about what the sun has reported on is fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. I really would never have thought. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of the 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 setup. Um. So just from kind of from each of us, why why. <laughs> why do people why? Do I have no why, idea. Why are why is there this weird kind of notion against craft beer or against maybe expensive beers? Why are why is like a national oh, rag reporting on this? You know, mm. uh, as a bad thing. Can I say two things? 
Yeah. First cool. is um, the boomer generation slash the older Gen Xs just did. This is beyond them. They they drink they drink their drink to get drunk slash they know what they like and what they like is bog standard. And so um, this is a way of another way of condemning them millennials for ruining things and being stupid and mm. spoiled. Um, because why are they spending 12 quid for something that tastes different and nuanced? Because beer is beer, damn it. Um, yeah, no wonder they can't buy a house. Yeah. They're, buying, they're buying 12 pound beers. Um, so part of it is just this, this genera- generational gap between what beer can be versus what beer has been. And mm. if you've only spent a lot of your life on what beer has been, you have no idea what, what, what the range of things have, have happened because... You went to your local, you bought the local thing, that's your thing, right? Well, and you have a couple yeah. of national brands you're willing to have. That's the one thing. And the second thing I would say is, um, shit, I lost it. Wait, uh, old people don't know shit. <laughs> Millennials. Oh, I'm so annoyed. I had a, this was the bigger <laughs> one, which is why I was saving it for a second. We'll come back. Yeah. We'll Keep that in, though. <laughs> What do you have to say about all of this? It's the sun. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, thank you. By saying the sun in a dismissive tone, Lucy, you reminded me that um, one of the things in like cultural society narratives are, is that beer is a blue-collar working man's drink. Hmm, it has to be cheap because blue-collar working people don't can't afford expensive drinks well, so no, if you're if you're middle class or you're you know yeah, you're but, but, like but the point is like that's what just wine is wine for or... mm, there's a reason mm. why they picked belvedere vodka which is a bit of a name in the mid-range of vodka right they're yeah. trying to make the comparison like look this is the fancy stuff you might be able to afford if you're current middle class which you know probably you know 20 years ago was lower middle class because the middle class is evaporating um yes but like this is the point they're trying like the, that comparison tells that story really well which is belvedere is a fancy brand and look it's more per milliliter in the supermarket bot versus the bar bot which is one of the things the tiny rebel pointed out but like mm-hmm. look how crazy this is how how nonsense is it that the the what should be the general you know, I can't afford drinks very much. Like, I, I'm in a position where I can only buy a certain type of drink, and yet now you're pricing it above what it, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to afford normally unless it was a special occasion. Right? I buy the Tesco's Everyday Value Vodka because if I want a vodka, that's the one I, I can afford. That's the narrative that they're spinning, which is now, now beer is becoming overpriced and crazy because these weird hipsters. Yeah. And of course, it's not that, right? It's not that because we still have the other types of beer, but we just have different. Like, it's not like all beers are here. Mm. But also, as Kindly Rebel pointed out, the way they did their maths was completely unfair and crazy. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't even go really too far on the ABV, but I mean, I think that's the main thing is like, heaven forbid the beer narrative isn't just. It's whatever you can get that gets you drunk because all you want to do is get drunk on the Friday because you've had a rough day of working for the man. You can still do that. Yeah, of course. But like that seems side of it, it's three pounds for like three liters. Um, (laughs) and I think in in Tiny Rebels' concluding paragraph or section, they actually said 
There are five pound bottles of plonk for the dinner table, and there are five thousand pound bottles of Dom Perignon. Different sp- yes. strokes for different folks. Different occasions too. You wouldn't celebrate winning the lottery by trying to spray a bottle of Pinot Grigio you picked up at the petrol station, and you wouldn't sit down to watch Corey with a magnum of Grand Cru bubbly. And I think that's exactly it. It's like mm. uh, this isn't a front to anything because these craft brews are not somehow replacing your pint of Fosters at the, the your cheap pint of Fosters at the pub. Like it, it's just not. Next thing, this the is headline will thing. be like, beer is taking everybody's jobs. Let's get rid of beer. So. No, <laughs> millennials are killing the local pub by buying 12-pound beers. Yeah. Anyway. Staying at home and they're drinking as well. They're buying it from bottle shops. I mean, you know, the, 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 the narrative is going the way of, uh, you know, first of all, you've got foreigners to be afraid of. Then you've got minorities to be afraid of. Then you should probably be afraid of people of a different sex... Or or someone that's genderless or atypical, or whatever. Be afraid of those now. Be afraid of your own kids. Gotta be afraid of millennials, be afraid mate. Of your own be afraid kids. of your kids. Yeah, be afraid of people who buy fancy beers that you don't understand yep. the taste of. <laughs> just be, just be afraid. Be very afraid. Like I mean, the way they did the test was, hey, you, you're in a pub. Try this beer that's quite nuanced in a specific type of beer. Mm. Oh, you hate it. Cool. Look at everyone hates this beer. Which regular old yeah. girl Which hates pub this make, a, make a stupid face. Which pub did they go to or something? Uh, possibly a few, oh, I guess. Okay. Um, I'm sure. Don't know. They went to. At least we know trouble. that their uh, sample size was uh, responsible. Yeah. There was a, there was a lady in there. The dog. Uh, there was yes, there was some old mm. men. It was probably in there for Julia seven, Crouch bought ten ludicrously priced beers and drinkers gave their verdict. Uh, they didn't say where they were, but they did say that a bank worker, Kevin, Burdett, fifty four from Essex, didn't like his session IPA because it was just bitter. Uh, then okay. and it was uh, a tool. Oh yes, yeah, no, it was a thirsty tool. Right. Yeah, damn, I wish I was there. Yeah. And then. And then you know, was, give me a fucking free two. Oh, this is The Reese Fowler, twenty-eight from Bermondsey, who works in a bar and thinks that Evil Twin Brewing's um, Jungle Baby is bad. I haven't tasted scored it. Scored it a zero. But um, Evil Twin. He's, how do you live in Bermondsey? Oh, also gross. Because yeah, he works no. in a Weatherspoons, <laughs> mate. Come on. Yeah. To be fair, some of Evil Twin's beers have been. Like, uh, but I wouldn't pay like, you know, the seven pounds plus for some of them. So, I guess. Oh yeah, it. I mean, I'm not going to go through all of them, but they're all basically a bunch of. Also, it's interesting they've they've made a, a woman go do this, but then all of the people she's approached are basically old white men. It's and a, like, it's a woman. I think the last beer is uh, is a is a lady. Is it? Oh yeah, yeah. bad for business. Bad, bank worker Yvonne Patterson, forty eight from Wandsworth. Which is the pressure drop. That's where I'm from. Oh, God. Hey. Well, and you know what she I says? Was born in the hospital. Didn't then. ask you, did they? Oh, this is even better. I didn't notice this the first time I read through. But this is from Pressure Drop Brewery in North London. And I really like, really like it, actually. <clears throat> yep. It's like beer for girls. Fruity and delicious. Mm. Did they give it I the, could uh, drink this all day, although at 8.5%, it's on the strong <laughs> side. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't pay that price for a pint, but I'd expect my date. Yeah, we won't get into that bit, because um, that opens up a whole different kind of oh, conversation. Yeah. But so that's the only it, above one rank out of five ranking. 
but gave it a four to five. It's the thing that if someone came up to me and said, "Hey, here's a coconut beer," what would you rate this? Mm. I'd look at it and think, "I don't, I don't like coconut." So, but there's what? only one beer to I them. Probably... It's only Foster's or Carling. That's all there is. Mm. Mm. Well, farther it's scrumpy. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> it's usually filled yeah, with like yeah. black currant. Yes. <laughs> let's move yeah, on let's from this. Do, let's let's move I just remember on. people I mean, drink beer let's just, with let's black just kind of like finish by saying, "Is uh, there's there's." There's absolutely tons of beer available. We all know this. Most of our listeners probably know this. There's loads I mean, of beer available for yeah. your tastes, for your budgets, for whatever the fuck you like, mm-hmm. really. They probably gave it the to someone. The purpose of this article is to get people, well. old people irate at things that don't affect them. I do that too, so I can't really blame them. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get, yeah, but you're doing that on your town. You're, you're not a newspaper specifically trying to make people irate for no reason, except it might, it might have page clicks. That's true. I That's just it. shake my fist it's all at click the and then these days. This is an indictment of mm. the modern news media cycle, even though it's such a light topic. Yeah, I'd rather them attack beer than anything else, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah. fair. It's like a low-key mm. attack, really, isn't it? You don't need to worry about mm. too much. Um, should we go back to something slightly more joyous? Yeah. And go back to some yeah. games? Uh, I think we've probably got time for uh, one each and I'll start. I haven't played anything else. Lucy. Oh, <laughs> wasn't expecting well, good. that. good. That means one of us just a time and a half. <laughs> or both is a good time and a half. Yes. Uh, I nominate a deal first. Oh. Oh, dangerous, because the game I've been playing... Oh, I see. Is Magic the Gathering Arena. The closed beta, which I am a part of, of the new Magic the Gathering game. <laughs> so we're going to be here for about another 30 minutes yeah. getting into this <laughs> I mean I, I, I'll try and be light in case you haven't played it's a collectible card game it's a, the original sort of strategic deck building or deck constructing oh card game um, previous iterations have been clunky or flawed um I think it does things really well. Um, it's trying to match the current state of Magic in that, like, the way Magic works is there's a standard core set, and I think it's basically the last two um, expansion sets and the current expansion sets. So it's kind of like two plus one plus two-ish. Mm. Uh, um, so it's... Uh, and so those are the types of decks you can like build, and they have ways of doing drafts to collect them. You can spend money slash points that you accrue on, like, you know, daily quests to win five games within a day, and you get two yeah. gold or whatever, right? Um, and it reproduced, but the big thing is I've played a handful of these Magic games online, and it reproduces the turn order and the stack and, like, some of the real nuanced parts that make Magic quite strategic really well and easy to follow. Okay. Because, I mean, the big thing is, like, they, you have official judges in, like, competitions or drafts because mm. it's not, sometimes not clear, like, in what order things come out. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, an action might trigger the card state, uh, uh, trigger multiple actions of other cards, you know. Something might have landfall, 
where when you put a land in, it triggers, but then another thing, you might have a card that makes all your lands creatures, and so, you know, when a creature of power X enters the battlefield, it'll also trigger, and trying to figure out, like, the order of operations, because especially yeah. when people start doing, like, counter spells and cancels, it gets really confusing, and so it, it seems to be handling the logic of the core game really well. Well, that's I suppose that's, that's quite good, because... Um... That's quite, uh, you know, that can all be sorted out by like an algorithm, really. Yeah. Uh, and it's and it's then just in kind of UI face-to-face play. Yeah. It, it's 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 just implementing that, isn't it? That everyone knows that that is the order that kind of things go through. But actually, when you bring that to like the digital uh, side and and create kind of in the computer game or video game, then um, that, that's maybe quite easy to do. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I played it a bunch in junior high, and then I played it a little bit in um, in uh, sort of right before I left Calgary for a year. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I got back into magic, and then uh, one of the things is when I moved away, I lost my magic friends, so I ended up just basically Aww. giving a bunch of my cards to my friends because we played in person. And there's something about playing that game in person which can't be replicated online. Yeah. It is mm, quite mm. so. One of the things that I was um, was interesting about Magic is when I first started playing, there was no real internet, so you're just building decks um, with the cards you had, and you 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 played right. You just played this game and you tried to build decks, and the people you were playing with had their own decks. So you kind of built your decks in response to your friends, and it was very organic. I mean, when the internet came along, uh, suddenly all the deck lists of the like the best players were published and this idea of what's sort of what cards are legal in the current iteration really matter Mm. so what's the standard rotation those like two expansions on the left two expansions on the right and of course that kind of thing um and so suddenly what ended up happening was people who had money would just clone the winning decks in the tournaments these are the Mm -hmm. best these are the best someone else has done the number crunching this is one of the best decks you can have, given what are legal. That takes a. And that was called the meta. It, it, so that was called that was called sort of the meta game, mm. and so the meta game as the internet came along, more pe- more and more people were trying to build these decks, mm. and then what it meant was like even if you were building your own deck, you had to build a response to the the best couple decks mm. out there because you would probably bump into people. Yeah, yeah, I I remember a friend uh, plays a lot of uh, tournaments in person. And there were only something at one point. There were maybe like five decks yeah. that people were playing. Oh yeah, and that was about it because they were all, uh, you know, they were strong in one element and countering kind of in another. Yeah, and so um, what's happened? So what happened because of that was drafts became a big deal. What drafts are is basically you have a, a table full of people and you each buy three booster packs, which are fifteen cards each, and we all crack a booster at the, at the same time. You look at those cards and you pick one and you pass the stack to the left. So you basically go, you circulate these cards until you run out of them and you do that for three packs. So you make a deck mm. based on whatever the draw was and what you pick and what's left over right. from other people. Yeah. Right? It's like, and so I think it's with magic. Kind of, right? So, but the idea is that like, <laughs> one, it's a limited pool, so you can't just the, the the rich person can't just win because they can't just buy the best cards that are legal and make this fantastic deck. Mm. You're only building from the tools you have at hand, which are the randomized packs. 
But also there's this epistemic layer where I've literally seen almost all of the cards as they've cycled through me, except for those first picks. Mm -hmm. So I have an idea of what type of, like if I know the legal card, the cards in that set, I have an idea of what's legal, um, sorry, what's available and what decks might be being built given what's slowly so disappearing. But there's cards. four or five guys. You sorry? Counting cards. You get, you, you, not even counting cards. It's, it's, not quite counting <laughs> cards. I think it was just like seeing what's disappearing and having an idea like someone here is probably building a deck mm. that has this mechanic, right? Because there's, you know, various ways to win magic. But then again, it's it's very hard to kind of counteract that and and then build your deck to counteract kind of like the other. Well, cards exactly because you've like, kind of just got to you've, you when you're when you're drafting, you've kind of just got to pick uh, what you what, think is like a strong deck, essentially. Except except um, if you end up hitting a card that you're like, oh, I really want that card because you keep all you keep your draft deck at the end of draft, yeah, yeah. which is going to be the equivalent of three. Um, booster packs worth, right? It's, you walked in with mm. three, you leave with three. So sometimes you'll draft a card that you don't want for that deck because you want it for some of your constructed decks, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like the point is that it's like you kind of know most of the pool of cards because except for the first picks, mm. it's all cycled through you, so you have an idea. But at the same time, there's three other people who are building decks. You don't know if like, oh, there's a, a lot of lifelink cards. You don't know if like lifelink is being picked up by everyone, by one person or by everyone, so you don't really know. But it makes a competitive dynamic because it's sort of all on the spot and it's all basically what can you build and given this limitation, you're all in kind of the same situation. Yeah. I'm saying this when being a sort of, and the reason why I'm being sort of very like hammer on the head, draft is a very important thing is because that sort of, given the metagame went to just cloning tournament decks, this was a way of people being competitive on the spot. Like, whenever there's a new set released in Magic, it's a draft day, and, and like there's a draft competition with official judges, etc., at the major locations, right? And the point is, is because this shows that you have Magic prowess because you're building it on the spot out of a thing, and these are brand new cards. And that's a way of like going up the ranks because it's not, oh, I am doing really well in a constructed tournament because I spent thousand dollars getting the best legal cards so why i bring this up is because there's draft built into magic gathering arena but there you are drafting against an ai right yeah. okay. so you crack your pack and it there are packs packed in the background and you pick your card and then it tries to pick cards with some you know black box algorithm that takes cards away as you're trying to build your deck mm. Etc. And then you have your 45 card deck and you add 15 ish mana to it for a regular 60 card deck or whatever. Like you, you add your cards and then you're like, cool. Now I have my deck. But the problem is then you hit play and you play against online opponents. And these are opponents you didn't draft against because you didn't, you, yeah, you weren't, yeah. it's, they wanted to make it so you could like stop start at any time. Um, but because of that, it means that like the set of cards I was picking uh, picking is not the set of cards you were picking. So I, I can't actually use my knowledge for what disappeared mm -hmm. to have an idea. It's just they also drafted with yeah, yeah, you know, the core yeah. set 2019 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that changes everything entirely because suddenly it's a, I have no idea what cards you could have been choosing mm -hmm. from or whatever. And yeah, sure, maybe a lot of people who draft don't do that, but like 
the whole situation has shifted. It's not we all. It's not me playing against three other people saying we all picked from the same thing, which is a standard sort of Friday night draft thing. Uh, but although when you go to the, um, it's it's very much more like those release dates where you kind of just buy packs and then build it. It's kind of like just buying a few packs, not being able to take the best of it mm. because sometimes cards disappear, and then you have a deck that's sort of cobbled together from your loose idea and they will also have that but like yeah just it seems not to really give at least for me the experience of drafting well but it's also still the cheapest way to get cards while still playing on the online does that like allow for you to like i mean obviously you gotta react from the spot anyway but with the ai drafting it and you don't you know and does the ai draft the uh, other players' game, and then it match makes, or do, or so 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 it's totally separate things. Is when I start a draft, mm. I open a pack, pick a card, right. then it gives me a set of cards which is missing one card mm. times three or whatever. And then you you cycle through those those packs until you run yeah. out. I think it's three or three opponents, and it and but there's no one making a deck. Right on the other side, the AI is just taking things out of the equation yeah. and no one quite knows what how that algorithm works yeah that's what i'm wondering about like the algorithm and do, does it because the algorithm because like no one will play the, the, whatever deck that ai builds or slash those three ais build because it should be three separate processes if you're trying to replicate draft properly mm. right um are never played against because when i say cool i have my deck I've, I've got a larger set of cards than i need for my deck so i pick the ones that matter and leave yeah. a few aside Add some mana, which is always free on draft because they're not really in the decks. Although they sometimes appear, which is really annoying. Mm. Um, and then I hit play with this deck. I then just get matched with Anybody. anyone who's done a draft. Oh, right. okay. Anyone who's done a draft mm. with that set. Okay. And that's the problem, right? You don't get that information of what might be available is gone. They could have got a totally different set of... They probably got a totally different set of the cards in that set that came up mm-hmm. like, there's no way to tell yeah that's what i was wondering and if, if i play against them yeah. then the next time i match make mm-hmm. i'm going to play against another person who has a totally different yeah. set of those cards yeah it seems a bit weird i thought it'd be like two people in the match you know on your side you do the draft on their side they do the draft but the ai's take right yeah both players rather than yeah i mean it would be be much better if it, if it was like there's four people in a draft yeah. two of them because of like constraints two of them are human two of them are ais yeah. but we'll definitely put the two humans at least to fight one of their fights against each yeah. other yeah it's, it's it's an odd it's an odd choice to make yeah uh, this is in beta at the moment isn't it so yeah, it's close beta so there's only it's a, some yeah i've there, seen people stream it so for i them to kind of there may be scope for them to change it maybe uh, i think I mean, that's close, like close betas are a bit bit late for big mechanical kind of changes i, I think days. they were weighing the like on the online game, you want to be able to just start, stop, mm. play it when I want. And so that's the way of doing draft where I can just draft. Yeah. I can yeah. draft the yeah. cards and then not play a match because I, I spent. Draft actually takes, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Oh, does to it? Do, like, really. Oh, okay. Well, I mean. Well, I do it, trying to do it tactically and um, get the best. Three, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? That's true. Yeah, that's probably why it wouldn't work. If one and guy then, just sitting there mm, drafting for, for yeah. you know, 90 the other, the, Well, the other problem is, um, I mean, except you do that in person and it all gets booked out. The other mm. problem is, yeah, but, you know, as online, the rewards, they give, 
they've got gold, which is always freely earned based on like number of mana's played or spells of cat. Like there's weird quests that just give you gold if you equip mm-hmm. And then there's gems which you can buy or earn in certain things. And when you do a draft, the more matches you win before you lose three in a row, which just kicks you out of the draft, the more gems you will get. And the gems are obviously worth more pound for pound than the gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also buy them. They're the, they're the actual currency for microtransactions. Um, but, like, one of the weird things they do, so in, like, the real world with the real magic cards, you, if you win one, you know, you win one, you're guaranteed a pack. You win two, you're guaranteed three packs. You win three in a row, you're guaranteed that. You know, like, there's a progression of, like, you're guaranteed this many extra booster packs. So you always keep your what you opened mm-hmm. and picked. But then the more you win, the more packs that, like, shop gives you, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And in this, uh, it's it's one pack, guaranteed, and it's a dice roll at every level, even if you get seven wins, whether it be one to three packs. You'll just guaranteed get more gems per win. And, and that's right. really frustrating, right? Because, like, if you won four and four matches before you lost three, and they give you one pack, and if I just play... I just did a shit, like, really crappy deck. I just drafted a really crappy deck, lost three in a row, I'd get that pack. Mm. You know the, uh, and I might have gotten three. The magic guy, I don't know who he is, the guy who created it. Isn't he working on that Dota card game? Richard Garfield? Sounds right, yeah. I mean, he's mm. the original sure he, like, magic guy. Like a consultant for the like Dota card game. I'm wondering, did he have any, like... You know, creative influence on this game, or um, I mean, so so to be fair, this is literally trying to replicate the card game stuff. Yeah, there's I'm no different. Like, just the, wondering the, if the legal ca- the cards that you can buy and get packs and etc. are all the legal standard physical cards. I'm just wondering if you and have any like like on on the input input yeah like no, I don't think so because this is I don't think they consider these as big gameplay changes. Hmm. They're just literally just one for one, just instead of. Well, I mean, they're trying to so they're yeah. trying to replicate things, and but so mm. one of the big problems is is um, in the physical game, you can buy cards, yes, or you can trade cards. Mm. You can't do that Magic the Gathering arena. The old Magic the Gathering online, because of the currency of like tickets and stuff to be able to enter draws and stuff, there was a trading mechanic in there. There isn't one in the new one. They're trying to mimic, they're trying to go the Hearthstone route mm-hmm, yeah, where yeah. people just have to open things. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's interesting-ish is you can open booster packs and get wild cards of various types. So instead of getting an actual uncommon, you can get an uncommon wild card, which means you can, you can basically tap that one, like you can, in your library, like before you're making, de- while you're making decks, you can say, I've got a wild card of uncommon. I need this exact uncommon from all of the currently, um, legal uncommon cards. Okay. And the more uncommons you open, the, basically there's a ticker. The as you open uncommons and packs, you'll unlock an uncommon wild card. Right. So after a sufficiently high number of like, like a, a certain number of um, packs opening, you'll get an, a rare or mythic rare wild card, which you can okay. use for any rare card in the game that's legal. And that's their way of trying to give you some control over the cards you get because you can't just trade for them mm. yeah um which i actually think is a reasonable mechanic but uh again i think given the draft is the best like it's five thousand gold which you can make if you played every day and won all the um 
quests and stuff. I think it basically works out to uh, a draft a week, essentially. Yeah. Which is pretty good cool. for 45 cards that you can kind of pick. And like every three or four days they change the set the draft is in of the legal sets. So sometimes it'll be in the core set, sometimes it'll be an expansion next. Like in the expansions, yeah. yeah. But nice. I, so nice. I think it's fun, but it, it feels like they're trying to do the Hearthstone thing of like making things cost very similar to the physical game. Mm. But there's enough yeah. like differences that it doesn't make it better. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's mm, fair. Yeah. That's fair. Oh, um, oh also, assume, one last I thing I will say come back to this okay. um, is apparently, I haven't confirmed this, but apparently if you get a full set of an expansion or a core set online, you can trade it to Wizards of the Coast for a physical set. Oh, that's cool. That's oh, wow. Cool. Okay. So you can be like, look, I collected all these digital things yeah. that were worth nothing. Can I just... That is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was a, a nice sort of trade-off. And yeah, again, it's really trading, good. right? You don't just... You're like... You lose all the, the, the digital stuff, but you the get something cards, that yeah. probably actually has tangible value in shop. That's, that's really good. Anyway. That's a really nice. good um, If you've never played a collectible card game, it's still, I think, the number one one. It's I'm having a lot of fun playing it. I've built a couple decks, but because I've started from scratch, there's only so much you can do, um, which is interesting, though there's people who have definitely spent money on there. Yeah. At the end of the closed beta, they're wiping your libraries, but all the money you spent, like you bought X number of packs, you just get on the when it comes to retail, you get that many packs back. Yeah. CCGs. You bought a lot of gems, you'll get that many you lose, gems you lose back. Your decks, you lose your cards, but you get the chance to be able to start again. Yeah. Monetarily. Yeah. What you've already invested into. Yeah, that's C- cool. And because the wild cards come based on just number of like rares you've unpacked, etc., you'll get those wild cards back in the same frequency. In this, yes. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's nice. still fun. I'm trying to find another code or two because I think it'd be interesting, especially like Ben. You might be interesting. Expect Lucy doesn't give a shit, but I know you've not really played any. It'd be interesting yeah. to see the point of view of the game from someone who's never really done it. Well, on like how it works, etc. CCGs and most strategy games they sound like a second job to me. I just want to be like, you have a gun, shoot it at this guy who's this soldier who is probably ethnic. And win the game. <laughs> or drag a hole around. <laughs> that's, that's um, Lucy, that, that probably leads us quite well into uh, in, into whatever you're going yeah. to be discussing next. But uh, I've cracked another beer open. Um, three beers in an episode. I know we haven't done this for a while. Uh, but I'm drinking um, from Left Handed Giant and Dry and Bitter. Uh, a beer called Cycle City. BCBF, which is Bristol Craft Beer Festival oh. IPA version 2. So this is a beer brewed by uh, these two breweries, from Left Hand Giant and from Dry and Bitter, for Bristol Craft Beer Festival. Uh, I went down to the East Bristol Brewery Trail at the weekend, uh, ended up as our last stop at Left Hand Giant, and got a, a little four-beer takeout to uh, to take home with me. Oh, nice. uh, so this was one of the beers there, so I thought I'd pick it. Knowing that I'm probably going to be having it um, at Bristol Craft Beer Festival, I thought I'd try it in its canned form first. Um, it has got Columbus Cryo Citra and Nelson Sauvon, uh, Maris Otter Extra Pale Oats and Cara Pills, and the yeast is London Fog. Uh, I mean... I've, I've been drinking this for sort of you know a, a few minutes now 
and the nose and the flavour very similar. Getting a nice amount of kind of like tropical fruits on there. Uh, unlike the, um, the pressure drop and the boxcar, it has those tropical fruits, but it has that sweetness to it. Um, it's almost it's edging. It's edging on juice bomb. It's a nice sort of hazy, you know, slightly more orangey uh, color to the last oh, beer. Yeah, it is a little bit straw, but it's a little. It's slightly more orange than the previous beer. Mm. Uh, obviously, hazy, very opaque, and those tropical fruits come through beautifully. Uh, it's 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 kind of uh, teetering in the middle of whether it's kind of wet or dry. It kind of fades out very nicely. I'm not reaching for it because it's dry. I'm reaching for it because I'm enjoying the flavour. But just as you realise that, the dryness kind of kicks in. You're like, oh no, I will have another sip of this because it is a little bit dry. Uh, but it's a very easy drinking, pretty easy drinking beer. Interesting that it's um, version 2, though. Hmm. And that's the one that we're getting. Um, yeah, hmm. that's the beer. Uh, Adol, you flash your can. Mobile Homestead TDH Pale Ale with cashmere and kohati, five point five percent from. How did you find that? Ooh. I saw that. It was a rummy beer brewery. How did you get yeah. that? Uh, it was at the Corpse of Cotton, actually. And it was the only one. It sort of was sitting beside, in between two long stacks of uh, type. I'm like, I didn't need to buy an extra beer, but I have to buy this just because I don't know if it'll last because either it's sold out or they had like four cans to begin with. Represent. Um, Hold on a deal. Hmm? Represent. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Maris Otter, Oat, Wheat, and Carapils Malts, House Eat. And they say vegan, hops fade fast, drink fresh. It is again five point five percent. It's um, it's got lovely art, um, but I actually have to say the can is kind of flimsy. You feel like it's much <laughs> I mean, thinner yeah. than, than than regular but, ones. But yeah, you don't usually yeah, we can see, tell uh, the impressions there. You don't usually see dick brew cans, maybe. Well, they are new to it. Yeah, they might have just moved into it and are, like, buying them. Yeah, for sure. Because, me and Ben were saying last week, wasn't it? Rarely see them canning their beers, only recently actually seen them on, like, store shelves. So, Mm. very new to it. Yeah, so, um, had a bit of a uh, sweet, not quite tropically, nose... Maybe a hint of like light mango or something else that mm. I can't immediately gather. It looks super amber from here. Yeah, uh, I would say almost like again uh, less amber, more um, sort of organic honey, where it's super hazy okay. and like slow mm, yeah, yeah. It doesn't quite have that enough orange in person to make it amber. Let me tell. Oh, that's refreshing. Yeah. Um, very lightly dry aftertaste. Most of it feels very wet up until the finish. It's actually surprisingly light in general. Mm. After that first quaff, it, it does. It's starting to that dryness is starting to really settle in, which makes it dangerous because the the taste wasn't so strong mm. that I think I'm reaching for it quite quickly. 
Yeah, that's what happened with me last week with one of their beers. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just so. I'm easy. actually surprised that that it's double dry hot, um, just because I'm, I'm expecting a little more in the hops mm-hmm. and in the nose, yeah. in the dry hoppingness. It's really drinkable though, like really drinkable. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, if it was earlier in the day and the sun was out, I would just be slamming this back. (laughs) Not because it's just generic, but because it's just really tasty and free-flowing. Like I said, it has a slight dryness, but it only kicks in at like the 15 second mark. Like it's so light in dryness and everything else carries it Mm. through. Um, it's... Yeah, I guess I, I think in general it has that light tropicaliness, less than mango in the taste, though it was sort of prevalent in the in the um, nose. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit with this for a bit. I, I really okay. like it. It's just a lot more delicate than I was expecting. Yeah. But that's okay. the uh, trouble I nice. run into every time I go to their brewery. It's like, especially how they have like twelve taps on. It's like, yeah, just give me mm. everything. Because <laughs> it's just so And, then, easy and by the third one, you're like, it's all mixing a little too easily together kind of thing? No, I just keep going. <laughs> yeah, How, uh, oh, yes. How's your beer? I have another Brew by Numbers beer. This is a 2116 this time. And it's called a Pale Ale. And underneath that, it says coffee. 5.2%. Coffee Pale Ale? Yeah. Hmm. Um... So I was thinking it's probably going to be like um, Siren do quite a lot of yeah uh, different beers with like coffee and it even says here on the back of the bottle it said it was brewed for London Coffee Festival 2018 oh um, style pale ale recipe coffee uh, Koshia by Roundhill um, ABV 5.2 percent um, tasting it well. Just pouring it into the glass. I mean, it's unmistakably a pale ale. Strong oh, yeah. colour. Um, got a nice um, start. It was probably about one and a half finger white head. Um, it looked beautiful just pouring it into a glass. Like one of those picturesque beers that you just want to... Inst- nice. Oh, yeah. It beers so well. And if you're a millennial, put it on Instagram. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> or untapped. Yes. True, we are millennials. But anyway. uh, it's very, it's very cloudy. You can't see through it, through it at all. Um, tasting it, it's a very, very, very refreshing, very light, slightly citrusy parallel. Very crisp as well. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's because I drank the porter before this. There's still coffee, like flavour um, on my mm. palate I don't know if it's from this though I'm getting more of a like mm. kind of iced tea kind of mm. flavour to this more so is than there, so mm. in, in iced teas sometimes you serve iced teas with light lemon in them is, is there a bit of a citrus going on yeah. that gives you that sort of yeah it's definitely citrusy I mean you're getting I wish they would tell you what kind of hops are on this, but you're definitely getting mm. like very light, lemony, very light, like citrusy fruits um, at the start, and definitely on the nose. Mm. It sm- you can't smell any coffee on the nose. It, f- it smells completely like a tropical fruity IPA. 
Adele, you're scaring me. I've, I've just discovered something. I realized why my audio is so shitty. <laughs> my restarted audacity. It's been on the built-in microphone, not the shore, the entire time. No. I think it's reusable. It'll just be kind of shit sounding. It's fine. I Don't apologize. Worry. Fine. I was like, I just, um, I switched to him. Like, how, how is it still this bad? And then I read the box. Built-in microphone. No, doesn't matter, man. Doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it's a really, really strange beer. Considering it says coffee at the bottom, but hey, it's still very nice as a pale ale. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm getting. I think I think drinking that porter might have thrown me off a bit, but um, mm. I'm still really enjoying it. Yeah, nice. Okay, good. Uh, let's jump to you, Lucy, and stay with you. Uh, not jump to you, stay yes. with you. Uh, have you got anything else you want to touch on yeah, this week? Yeah, I briefly spoke about it last week. I finished Guacamole 2. Oh, that yes. Rock out even out. Yeah, it came out... Was it last week or two weeks ago? Um came out on PS4 and PC. I played it on PS4. Um, much to my chagrin, because, God, I wish I had a better control of playing that game. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, it's more guacamole at the end of the day. And that's not a bad thing. It, guacamole is hey. a fantastic game, the first one. Yeah. Uh, one of the best Metroidvanias. Um, this one, I mean, I think a lot of people wanted... Uh, Oh gosh, what are they called? Drinkbox Studios to uh, make Guacamelee 2. I would have been happy if they did something else because Severed was a really good departure. And, yeah, um, it was an excellent game. Yeah, I really oh, liked Severed. Mm. I really liked Severed. And it's like, I'd love them to see see them do something new every time. But when Guacamelee 2 was announced, I think it was last year, at like Paris Games Week or something weird like that. But it's. I was like, yeah, I can, I can do it for more guacamole. But um, it's more of the same. I think the first one was just such a good game, it's hard for the second one to to improve on that. I think areas where it does improve on it is the humour, for sure, and they double down on it. Mm. I mean, they even make reference to how people were not too thrilled about the referential meme humour in the first game. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> and they uh, they double down on that. They they, they, they they turn that into a joke in itself, and there's still a lot of referential mm. humour in this. It's just used um, much better. I mean, it factors into like the mechanics and certain like right. small little vignettes and levels into it. So I really like the humour in this one. I thought, I thought it was really good. Um, the first one, it was just like, you know, whatever. Um, I wasn't you know, I didn't think it was abhorrent or anything like that. I wasn't on Twitter saying this is awful and stuff like that. But um, I much prefer which is one. surprising because you're usually on Twitter saying. This is oh yeah, I tell devs all the time that their games are terrible. But um, <laughs> the, <laughs> this is a. Uh, it was much better in the humor department in terms of the uh, platforming and the like brawling the the melee part of the guacamole it's still the same it's still they didn't really change much of it up apart from that you can change into chicken form more often well on the fly actually oh, and it's like okay. the chicken can fight now and stuff like that oh, that's cool. still that's still good the platforming still uh you know pin perfect the controls are excellent fluid um 
I think my only criticisms are the fact that this feels a lot more linear. I mean, the first mm. one was very much a Metroidvania. You are backtracking and stuff like that. Whereas yeah. this is, this definitely puts you more on a linear path. There are different like so more of a side scroller. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, but the, it's the, there are places that you can access later on in the game, but it's like you're not doing that throughout the course of the game. It's like it's not like I yeah. Need you suddenly to go back you in. don't have mm. that you you don't have that new move, which is kind of like color coded to whatever block that you can then take you, out. You, you right do from, have that, which mm. is. That is yeah. still the same, but it's not like oh, to progress the story, to... I need to go back there. It's like that's it's like right, I can okay. go back there as an option. To but it's not mm. going to do anything specific. No, right? it's just I can. Yeah, you can you can get that's on your way to a hundred percent. I'm probably not going to hundred percent it. Um, yeah, it, yeah, a bit more I, health um, or whatever ask, the collectible yeah. is, sort of thing. Uh, so I mean, I kind of I mean, it's like cheesy and straightforward as the storyline was mm. in Black Million One. Yeah. How is it in two? Because this is like usually a, a a fail point in a lot of these sort of impromptu market decided sequels, and like I think Guacamole worked well. Yeah, I mean, I that's mean, another like same as you. I didn't think it needed a sequel because it just was a good yeah, sort of the, clean microcosm story. The way they get around it yeah, is like completely. different. Um, what am I trying to say? Different uh, dimensions. Big Brother? No, <laughs> there's different dimensions, and some stuff went down in different dimension. And you're gonna have to sort that uh, out. Okay. The story is, you know, it's like it's like it's whatever. It's it's throwaway. That's not what I'm here for. It's for the platform. Yeah, okay. So, so it it does it does fall into that trap, and probably not in a way that like hampers the game. Yeah, but it's like I don't remember the it didn't, story. It didn't switch it up to Norse mythology, did it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still um, you know Luchador Mexico inspired, and um, mm. it's not banana melee now. No. <laughs> to that to that point, potato melee. To that point, it's uh, the, the art the and the melee. music. The big melee. Oh my god! <laughs> the art and the uh, music is still top notch. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed mm. it. It was it was just more of the same. Par so. snipper clips. <sighs> Par snipper clips. Nipple clamps. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just more of the same, and I was I was absolutely happy with that. It's, it was never going to blow me away because. I didn't do anything that randomly departed from like the first game, and that's absolutely fine. completely. And you've and you've and you've had that experience. You've played yeah. that game. You know, you've you've played the first Guacamole, which was a little bit of a departure from sort of standard Metrovania, like Metroidvania yeah. games. So you've you've kind of you've had that hit. You've had that first yeah. experience, and this is just building on top yeah, of that. To I follow guess. up from what is an absolutely standout game. It's, it's always going to be hard no matter who you are and um, it, this isn't like the jump from Super Mario Bros to Super Mario Bros 3, not at all um, yeah. the differences are very small, obviously I don't want to take any like uh, work away from the developer, they obviously work hard on this and, and like there's probably so many tweaks and changes that I don't recognise and yet they put in um, right. but it feels like the same and as I say that's not a bad thing, that's a good thing it's definitely easier than mm. the first one, and I was like, mm, okay. I liked the challenge of the uh, first one. This one's definitely yeah, a bit definitely. easier, um, but it's more accessible than. Yeah, I, I think if you want to get that challenge, you will go back to those like 
previously closed off areas and do like the extra challenges like extra like kind of not dungeons but like um like sets of yeah, levels. Yeah, like the first game had the mines, didn't it? Where you kind of like went through mm. the mines and did the different levels, the yeah. different difficulties, and kind of like progressed through yeah. that sort of way. So, uh, if it's got sort of closed off areas which kind of also provide that, yeah. that's good. The challenges it's, there it's, if you want it. It's kind of I, nice. I, I, I just like yes. going through the story. It's very linear to me, and that's absolutely fine. It's like there's so many Metroidvanias out there right now. I've just mm. started the messenger, which apparently has Metroidvania aspects to it, so I'll get the fix there. That's absolutely fine. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Um, let's finish there this week then. Um, very swiftly, we should talk about our beers. Uh, I'm going to go first because for me, there's kind of a clear winner. Winner being a very bad term <laughs> for enjoying three beers. Um, I think the beer from Left Handed Giant and Dry and Bitter, the Bristol Craft Beer Festival Cycle City IPA uh, version two, uh, just hit the right notes for me. Right this week, very easy going, very simple IPA with a lot of flavour going on. Uh, pressure drop boxcar collaboration was nice. Uh, maybe it was a bit muted. It lacked something to it. Uh, the Iceberg beer was, was a nice beer, don't get me wrong, but it was kind of ill-placed, I suppose. Um, had we have had this six weeks ago yeah. in the blazing sun and we'd have had a four-pack or a six-pack of them, we'd have smashed this back all day. And it was very refreshing, it was very crisp, very well made, uh, but uh, it didn't have kind of like the flavour that this um, this Cycle City has. Uh, so for me this week it's the left-handed giant dry and bitter cycle city made for the bristol craft beer festival uh Adel, oh, out of the three that you had which um, do you prefer so i think um at the bottom of the ranking is going to be the wild beer lime and salt lager <laughs> yeah it just didn't do enough things beer wise it was a confusion on the would i drink this as a beer question um, mm. The mobile homestead I liked, I still feel like it's just having finished it. I think I was expecting a little more, given the double dry hop on the nose. And, the, and in general, I think it just uh, didn't quite. I was expecting more flavors, but in general, it was it was a decent beer. Uh, I actually came in tonight thinking that uh, it was a foregone conclusion that the iceberg beer being just sort of almost too straightforward would not be my pick. But I actually mm. think it will be my pick because um, it does the, like the, 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 the clear goals of a lager excellent. Yeah. While yeah. the wild beer did what wild beer does and that just didn't grip me this time and the mm. The dig brew just didn't quite get me with what it was trying to do. So like success wise, it's the clear winner. And yeah. like, if I'm thinking of which of these three would I grab again at this current three beers in state? Actually, even though it's you know the dead of night, I think I'd go for the iceberg beer again. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm gonna echo your uh, sentiments, the deal. Like the iceberg beer for me was. It was the best one. Um, the the 
pale ale, the coffee pale ale, uh, the second brew by the numbers beer. It was, it was, it was a very nice pale ale. Um, I'm starting to get a bit of coriander, maybe a little bit of coffee, but um, for what I expected from it, like to be more, you know, um, more interesting, like the siren beers that they, you know, infuse with coffee. Um, it didn't quite hit those marks. Right. Um, the porter, it was that was really nice. The you know, really really dark and smoky coffee flavors, um, really good for like a chilly night like tonight. Um, not too heavy, six um, percent. Could happily drink that and be fine for the rest of the night. Um, but the lager, you know, from the what is it? Vinny, Vinny, Vici, Quiddy, Quiddy, Quiddy. It's uh, Quiddy, Vinny. Quiddy, Vinny. Yeah, I think that's the standout. It's, it's like, I don't think I've had a lager like it where it's very understated, very subtle, very delicate, but you're still getting those essential lager flavours, the sweetness, the crispness, uh, just refreshing. And um, the water quality alone was just, it was great. It's, it's like, why can't we have icebergs mm. over here? Instead of Boston Batch, <laughs> I, we want some more icebergs. I, I think you you could call it the Quitty Central Lager. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just end it, Ben. Just That's a good place. <laughs> no. That's a good place to uh, to finish on. Uh, if you want to talk to us about games or beers, whether you've had the Quiddy Viddy Brewery Iceberg before, you can let us know at tanktap underscore cash. You can email us tanktapcast at gmail.com. You should go to outoflives.net to look at articles, listen to other podcasts, or watch videos. You can check out the Facebook page or Out of Lives Pod on Twitter. I'm at Nova underscore 47 almost everywhere. Adel is the Omniarch pretty much everywhere and lucy is at tanked up lucy on twitter or juicy loose nine everywhere else except switch where if you want those message Ju- lucy and I on some other media no i'm not giving it to you just that pure principle nintendo change it up please sort it out yeah. I, I think yeah. Yeah. Lucy and I have each other on our switches, we do. but I've never actually seen her online when I've been on. Yeah. It's because she hasn't accepted your phone record. <laughs> I have. <laughs> it's just that there's no <laughs> online games on Switch worth playing, apart from Splatoon 2. I mean, <laughs> at, at, at one point we both owned Splatoon 2. Did we? But I think you were taking a break, and I played it for like three days, and it was like, I don't think this game's for me. <laughs> And then sold it. And now you can play for the <laughs> online service starting September 2018, and nobody knows what it is. Yay, Nintendo! Well, you can, you can play Ice Climbers. Yeah, in two days. Play Ice Climbers, and there's only so much Balloon Fight I can play. Super I mean, Mario I would love free, to play Balloon Fight. I will play oh, no. 20 fan years. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Lucy, if, I would love to play Super Mario Bros. 3 with you online. Oh, crap, you can, can't you? We should do that one time. Ben, you're not invited. Yeah. Sony pony. No, he can't be invited. He is a non-switch person. <laughs> that well, he doesn't oh. exist in my world then. Yeah, fine. <laughs> so for another week, we've been tanked up. Bye. Goodbye. Ciao. Apologies for my audio. Now that I know the microphone I use is garbage. <laughs> Keep that part in. I feel like an asshole. <laughs>